We've made multi-grain bread. We've made multi-grain bread. We've made just okay. wholemeal bread. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Testing, testing. One, Excellent. two, three. Thank One, two, you. three. Okay, Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Today we've made multigrain and wholemeal bread. Shortbread, cinnamon buns, rolls, muffins, uh, tea. <laughs> That's about it, isn't it, really? Have we made anything else? I'm only in air shortcake. All done in an afternoon. We've got quite a few regulars that just buy religiously every Wednesday or, or every Friday. So yeah, we've been um, faithful since we've started. I started the High Rise Bakers. Welcome to Serial from Farmerama. This is a bonus episode about Glasgow's High Rise Bakers. Can I talk to you? Yeah. What are you making? I'm making chai, and this is Sudan chai. Yeah, I'm making this one, cardamom, uh, cinnamon, after bring ginger in one minute, I come and right. make it together. One second. No We're in the Gorbals, a neighbourhood just south of the River Clyde in Glasgow. And more specifically, we're in a small community kitchen on the ground floor of a high-rise block of flats. The kitchen is normally used by a youth club, but two days a week it becomes a bakery, home to the high-rise bakers. The bakery was set up by Bridging the Gap, a local charity that supports the community of the Gorbals in a range of different ways. I'm Katrina Milligan. I'm a project worker at Bridging the Gap, and part of my job is the privilege of running high-rise bakers. So high-rise bakers is a group of local people and about half of the bakers are from a refugee background. Some people are local and a refugee background, and we come together twice a week to bake really delicious, nutritious bread for our neighbours. We sell it in the community um, and other baked goods as well. So it was started as a, a way of bringing people in who live at the margins and who maybe couldn't take part in some of our events, which have much larger numbers of people. So it's, it's something that... that builds community and builds relationships, but it's also something that's purposeful to do. So for quite a lot of the people who come, they're not able to hold down paid employment, maybe because of health reasons or because of home office regulations. So it gives something meaningful to do that, that serves their community and, and enhances life around here. Early on, one of the things that one of our customers said is that um, the foyer of the high-rise used to smell of pish and now it smells of freshly baked bread, which I thought was a massive compliment. One of Bridging the Gap's initiatives is called Big Thursdays. These are drop-in events with discussions and family activities, as well as a shared meal. And it was at Big Thursdays that the idea for high-rise bakers began to take shape. I had kind of got interested in making bread at, at home and more and more interested in the nutrition of it. And I'd heard a programme actually on Radio 4 about community bakers in Liverpool that bake with homeless people. And we were looking for a new activity at Big Thursdays, so we started to make bread. 
Um, we noticed that it brought in people who maybe were too shy to take part in another activity. It also included people who couldn't speak any English because everybody knows about bread. It might be injera or chapati or white slice, but everybody knows about bread. So we started making it every week and then when we were having a rethink about our work and realising that there were people right at the margins of the community that maybe we weren't in contact with, we thought, well, why don't we take the bread baking out into the community as a standalone activity? And then we thought, well, what are we going to do with all the bread that we make? So we thought, well, why don't we sell it to people? And that's really how High Rise Baker started. So that was April 2015 we started baking but we spent six months just kind of baking with the doors closed and getting our recipes right and you know bringing ourselves up to a consistent standard and um, I also went for some training and community baking and then the October of 2015 that was when we started opening regularly for for people to come across the door. My name is Marie McCormack and I work for Bridging the Gap, so I'm a community worker but I'm the high-rise baker's side. So it's making bread and, and other things, but most of all, probably just, it's probably just the people for me. There's just small things that you, you, you do, but it seems big to them, and it probably will be big for them because maybe it's been a benefit issue or, or, or something, and you've phoned it up and maybe sorted it out, and that's big for them. So I'm, I know I'm making great bread and to do that in a community that's deprived, uh, trying to get, put that good bread back in. But for me, most of all, is just is the people. That's where I I see so much growth. Because there's loads of things in there with bread. You know, you can you, it's like a bit like table tennis. You can just put a bat on somebody's hand and that's them integrated. So it's the same with bread. Everybody eats bread, and most countries they they make bread as well so maybe because we're working with people that are from different countries like from maybe Sudan or Afghanistan or Pakistan so they all make bread from scratch just people working side by side is a great and you know for people to integrate break down barriers and building relationships and things like that you're teaching each other and we've got people that when, when we were taught how to make bread from a guy in Edinburgh now we've got people that are teaching the new ones that are coming in. It's great because, you know, you, you just step back and you've got somebody saying, oh, this is how you, you do it and look out for this and look out for that. I just think that's fantastic. So I think that togetherness, working alongside people, it's just, that's, I think, is, yeah, is the way it should and the way it is for making bread. The twice-weekly baking sessions are social events. There's lots of chat, lots of joking around, and lots of sweet, spicy chai. It's about building community, resilience, and self-esteem. 
But it's also very much about producing high quality, nutritious food in an area where that can be hard to come by. People kind of learning to enjoy the kind of bread we make is probably always going to be a long game. People are on very limited income, so it's quite a big risk to buy something different if you're not sure if your family are going to, to eat it. So early on we did lots of um, tastings and we've cooked for community events, so people, you get to try the bread for free. And we've also done, in fact, regularly we do baking workshops, so people get to make the kind of bread that we make for sale anyway, and I think that begins to to help people think differently about about what we make. And for me, I think it's really important that the, the bread is able to be enjoyed by people locally. Because I think it's not a criticism of other community bakers, but I think there are a lot of community bakers where maybe it's people at the margins who bake, but it's people in middle class communities who who eat the bread. And I think with the health statistics, particularly in this part of Barbels we are, which is some of the, the worst statistics in terms of health and crime and things. I just think, why shouldn't people around here get to eat really good bread? Why shouldn't they have access? The bread all goes out at cost price. We make something on the, the sweet goods that we, we sell, and that the prices are, are decided by the, the bakers. They, you know, they're local, they know what people are willing to afford. It's not about making money, it's, you know, it's primarily a social inclusion project but there's I think there's always me there's always a tricky balance to walk between having something that's affordable for people or they they perceive as affordable but having something that's priced that that values what you make and also values the work that the bakers put in because they you know they're, they're very skilled at they're very skilled at what they do and I think that's really important that that's acknowledged particularly for a group of people who maybe aren't used to being recognised or valued in, in other ways. Can we just start, actually? Put sugar in it, bro, eh? Yeah. I need the water. That's good. Um, just so I can get the volume right, can you just start the question? Talking? Just start talking. Yeah, right, basically. Uh, Mary had a little one. Yeah, and then what happens? <laughs> a fleece was white as snow. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? I'm, my name's John. Staying in Glasgow for the last 30 years. Uh, so I've been staying up at the flats and they're renovating the flats. So you can come into the community centre for a cup of tea whilst they're working in your house. That's when I've got to know Katrina and Marie and they're teaching me how to make bread. Uh, I was just standing at the window and Katrina was in the kitchen and she asked me to, if I wanted to make a loaf. <laughs> so I said aye. <laughs> and we made a we made a, a wholemeal the multigrain bread and, and I just volunteered like once a week, you know. What John hasn't mentioned there is that he and the other bakers are making award winning bread. We are mentored by an organisation called Scotland the Bread and they set up Scottish Bread Championships. This is the third year the competitions um, run. So we entered it the first year and were absolutely blown away. We weren't even sure if we should enter. I got in touch with them and said, is this for the likes of us? Said, oh yeah, yeah, we want you to enter. Um, won a bronze for our multigrain loaf, which was, we were astounded by. 
So we tried again this year and we put the multigrain, in fact we put all our bread and we put our garbage loaf and we put the multigrain and we put the rolls in. So John made the rolls, um, he's quite a new baker really and he took a lot of care over them and I have to say when they were going off to the competition I thought they look, they're like the best rolls we've ever made, they must surely be in with a shout so I couldn't believe it when we won then a silver for our rolls. I think the category was traditional Scottish recipe and then we won a bronze again for our multigrain for a, a, a loaf of exceptional nutritional quality. So, yeah, because I know we were up against some really fancy bakers, some really experienced bakers and I, again, I think it's, also, it's about people knowing that they're as good as anybody else and what, you know, we maybe don't charge a fiver of a loaf but it doesn't mean that our bread's not any good, it is good and it's able to hold its own amongst other other bakers as well. What do you think? When High Rise Bakers was starting, I was interested in getting Scottish flour because I knew that to get it locally it was going to be fresh and all that. Um, and I, I approached Mungo's Wells, who at that time were only selling in the Edinburgh area. So we started off buying from Green City, the local you know, wholesale sailors. So we were buying British organic flour, um, but not Scottish organic flour. And then when Mungo's Wells started to expand into the west of Scotland, they approached us and said, would you, be, would you be interested in buying our flour? And they've been such a fantastic support to us. The amount of flour that we use in comparison to other bakers is tiny, but they're willing to deliver it to the door, um, you know, and they offer it to us as if we were a, a big baker's. The thing that I learned when I started using Mungo's Wells flour is that flour has a smell, and I hadn't realised that, you know, that because it's so fresh, sometimes Alison will phone up and say, I'm milling today, do you want any plain we're coming through tomorrow? You know, so it's literally a day-old flour, so you know it's going to have the maximum nutrition in it. But when you open a, a sack of their flour, to me it smells of the farm in a good way, um, and I hadn't realised that, that fresh flour could, could smell it, it smells so good. To hear more about Mungo's Wells, a farm and mill in East Lothian, check out episode four of Serial. For Katrina, it's important that the bakers know they're part of a wider food system. And that means understanding what the raw ingredients are, where they come from, and who produced them. We had a day trip earlier this year where um, we went to visit Mungo's Wells. So the bakers saw you know, the mill that's made out of the van from the Swiss Army and, and saw the whole process. And that was a really lovely thing to do. And also for, you know, for them to put faces on us and for us, to, you know, to, to meet them properly. So, yes, yeah, so we have literally seen the process from beginning to end. So why do those relationships matter? Probably not this particular group of people, but I think the vast majority of people probably never give a moment's thought to what what has gone into their food before it reaches the supermarket shelves. And I think somebody said to me, and it's probably a no-brainer to lots of people, that we should stop talking about farming and start talking about food production and, and bring that link together again, because I think probably a lot of us think, oh, farmers, those are cheap country people that herd a few cows and don't really think, well, why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that to put 
food on our tables and that's the beginning of the link and I think that's really important. When we first started the nursery across the road um, kept hens and they didn't know what to do with their eggs and they came in and asked us if we would be interested in their eggs and so for a, several two years maybe um, we made all their snacks and they, we bartered them for eggs and I think for the children as well they would come and bring the eggs over to us the bakers could go and visit the hens where the eggs came from and the kids got to see you know where their snacks started from they got to smell the flowers sometimes we'd be baking when we came in sometimes we'd gone over and, and made bread with them and I just think that's that's really important for valuing food <laughs> I think it's still early days, even though it's though it's four years in. The rolls sell really well. There are people that, that come in and get the rolls regularly. The bread, um, there's one or two people that are local that buy it, but some people buy it, but they're taking it into work. For their colleagues, other people are people who work locally but live live somewhere else. So um, I don't think that's a failure. I just think it's it's a, a very slow slow process. Like the bread, it's a slow process. But hopefully, if you if you are able to give it the time, then then attitudes will shift and people will feel the benefit of it. And it, you know, I'm a sort of middle class person that works in garbles. You're certainly not going to preach about it. You know, and I think it's it's hard for me to be passionate about it and not sound preachy just because of who I am. What you need is people like John, who's now baking his bread at home and you know mugging up and sourdough in his spare time. It's people like him that are going to create the change in garbles when they start talking to their friends. Or people like Betty, who comes to all our baking workshops. And the first time she came, she said, "Oh, I'm never buying bread again. This is so good." But you know, you've also got to work with the realities of people's lives and what you know, what they can practice. Which is why they could come and buy it from us if they wanted to. But yeah, I think I just think it's a very, a very long game, and we have to go at the at the pace of the people that that we're with. Two of our three main recipes have a, a heritage in the Gorbals, and I think that's also something. It's nice to have a story to tell people, but it's also reminds people that. That Garbus has got a proud heritage of doing good things in its community, and you know we're just a tiny wee part of of trying to help that legacy live on and and give local people access to stuff that's nutritious as well as tasty and made locally for them as well. Cereal is possible thanks to generous support from the Roddick Foundation. Subscribe to Farmerama to hear the rest of the series. You can find us on your favourite podcast app, on SoundCloud or at farmerama.co. If you enjoy the series, please spread the word. And if you'd like to support Farmerama, visit patreon.com forward slash Farmerama. Serial is produced and edited by me, Katie Revel, with Abby Rose and Joe Barrett. Susie McCarthy and Hannah Sutherland also worked on the series. 
Our theme music is by Owen Barrett. A huge thank you to everyone who's contributed to Serial, and especially to Katrina, Marie, and all the high-rise bakers.